for the second time in a month, right before Pat Barnes and I were going to hit the record button. Huge breaking Auburn news. And unless you live on a rock, you probably know what that is. Cadillac Williams has resigned from Auburn as the running backs coach. And I believe Pat is his executive head coach. What's his other title? Associate. Associate. Associate head coach. Cadillac has resigned, running backs and associate head coach. That is the breaking news of the night, and that's what we're going to start with. But there's a lot of other stuff we're going to talk about in this episode, too. A huge medley of content, but thank goodness we did not record an hour sooner. Or we'd have missed this. So luckily, I uh, had worked a little late. We got procrastinated. It is late, late Thursday evening. It is me, your host, Alex, better known on the socials at Auburn Memes. We got with us always our guy, the man of mystery, Auburn's hallway monitor, the guy who is always out there fighting the bad takes, no matter where they are, Pat Barnes, a show guest favorite, with us to talk all the happenings, portal, coaching, saving retirement, and now the breaking news, Cadillac's resignation. Let's jump right into it, Pat. Give us a summary. What's going on, Cadillac? I should start by saying that, like we've talked about before, I was born in the early 90s, and I really started following and caring about Auburn football around the time Total Bill was hired as a head coach. So my my earliest memory of any Auburn football game, I vaguely remember being at a game that Damian Craig was the quarterback for. And it's one of those things when you're really young, you just like – it's like a back of your mind thing. You don't really fully get it. So really when I started caring and comprehending what football is were those early 2000s years – and you really can't think of anybody else that comes to mind first than Cadillac Williams. Uh, so this is kind of a bittersweet situation going on because, you know, Cadillac's always going to be a childhood hero of mine. He was an incredible athlete, an incredible running back, and I, I watched him win a lot of football games for Auburn, especially in that 2004 season. But I think the simple fact of the matter is what we need from a running back coach at the University of Auburn, as far as recruiting goes, it just it wasn't up to snuff in that department. Uh, he was making $900,000 a year, and he had the associate head coach title. A lot of that was for what he did in the four games as an interim coach last year, which huge props to Caddy. He, he brought the team together and, and kept the morale, brought the morale back up. He didn't kept it high because it wasn't high. He brought it back up. Uh, but I think – Change probably needed to be made for multiple reasons here. Uh, so I wouldn't freak out about it. Uh, I, I think this is probably going to end up being a positive thing for AU, and I hope Cadillac does well in any other endeavors he proceeds proceeds on in the rest of his career. Yeah, I would take a guess there that this there was a lot of – and a lot of things will come out for it, and who knows how much of it's truth, how much of it's PR. I would guess it was probably a fairly mutual – splitting of ways now you're never going to want to with, with a guy like Cadillac you can't just you can't fire him for whatever reason short of just something absolutely egregious and who knows what kind of other jobs and things were lined up there for him so this is something that is one got to be handled very delicately and there's no easy way to do this but what I kind of challenge everybody is Cadillac was not going to stay at Auburn forever that's just not how modern football works for him to advance his career He's going to have to go other places. And his coaching career at this level is still fairly young. He came to Auburn very inexperienced compared to what probably will likely be the 
resume of his successor. So whatever job he takes probably will be good for him. And as you kind of mentioned, Pat, there's going to be some good things for Auburn. So what I would encourage everybody to do here is, and this is kind of the problem when you do hire alumni, there's a lot of emotions involved with it, which for better or worse, usually ends up being worse because people get attached to them for the wrong reasons. And they look at their body of work and they view it with a little bit of bias skew because they're attached to the player, not the coach, like the former player. So people are going to be upset about this. There's probably going to be people spouting a bunch of things and hopefully, but probably going to be these just knee-jerk, shoot-from-the-hip, angered reactions and people spouting off all these how-could-they's, whatever. I would just encourage anybody who may want to do that, don't. If you see it, just try to, like, shut it down, let the facts play out, just kind of wait to see what happens. And this is just kind of part of how it works. They got to get the staff right. They got to get some things lined up. And like I said, I would guess there's no insider information on this. This is just a speculatory thing. There was probably some mutual parting ways, and there may be some more of that too. Auburn has a few alumni guys on staff. They've had alumni on staff prior. And guess what? All those guys that were on staff before that people were probably a little bit more attached to just because their name was more familiar than someone who wasn't an alumni, they're all going doing other things, and they're doing great. So, like I said, at the end of the day, if it's happening, it's probably going to be a good thing for Auburn. They will replace Cadillac with somebody who's going to be stellar for all the things and the directions that they want to do. Don't know any details. Don't want to speculate about any details. It doesn't matter. There may be rumors and things flying around, nefarious things, people who are just frustrated, who just want to believe something. Because unfortunately, as you kind of mentioned, there was a lot of emotions from the fans in those four games that Cadillac took over. Cause you're right. The morale for the players, but also from the fan standpoint, was at an all time low and Cadillac brought that up and he probably had one of the most exciting wins that a five win team will ever have at Auburn. True. And that solely was related to him and seeing him come out of the tunnel and all these other things. So that's from skinning it there. Trust the process. Trust the staff. Don't don't think the sky is falling because of this move. There had been some chatter that this had possibly been in the works for a little while, so this may not come to a surprise to everybody. So, like I said, uh, I think it was probably planned out. Uh, Cadillac will be just fine, and I'm sure he will be very successful in all of his coaching endeavors in his career. I think Auburn will be as well, and the deal is is – if Cadillac goes out there, gets some more experience, learns, grows, who knows? He may be back at Auburn one day. Can never rule it out. A lot of coaches make laps back, and if he does, he will be better for it, and Auburn will be better for it because, like I said, he'll be more experienced since coaching. You can get out there, get to learn from other people, and that's just kind of the nature of it. It is so much more about being a business than I think a lot of people, especially some of the older heads, are used to. So do not freak out. Do you have anything to add to that, Pat? You know, I think you did a good job covering the Cadillac aspect of it. I, I will kind of like to hit on that. It sounds like his replacements got a good chance of already being lined up. We should hear about that soon. Uh, I, 
it's been on the message board, so I think we can talk about the name. It, it's Derek Nix, the running back coach at Ole Miss. It's, it's somebody that Freeze wanted to bring on last year, and he's an incredible recruiter. Uh, he's If you look at his all-time recruits, he has absolutely owned the state of Mississippi for the last 15 years when it comes to recruiting. And I think he'd be an incredible addition at Auburn, and it sounds like he may get a shot to at least be a co-offensive coordinator if we hire him. So it'd be a it, – It'd be a good move for everybody involved, and I'm excited about that move if it comes to fruition. Yeah, so that's that's the uh, that's the hot name out there. Obviously, with Montgomery gone, Roberts gone, there is going to be, and that's very common after a first year coach. It's going to be there's a lot of there's going to be turnover with position coaches, the coordinators. I mean, look what happened with Saban in 2007. He had a he hit the big reset button. You didn't well, ironically, Kevin Steele did come back, but Kevin Steele, for those who don't know or don't remember, was Saban's defensive coordinator his very first season in 2007, and ironically, his last this past season. And then Auburn a little bit there in the middle, and then Major Applewhite. And obviously, if we can look back, let's remember how things looked for 2007, and that's not necessarily because. Kevin Steele and or Major Applewhite were these horrible, horrible coordinators. It's just there's a lot of culture building that you have to do and a lot of things that you have to establish as a coach when you first get in there. There's a lot of moving parts. And year two culture is and should be always better than year one culture. And sometimes with that, you got to get some got to get some new folks in there to kind of get that alignment right. And especially a guy like Cadillac, who's been there through multiple coaches, three at Auburn. That's it, been a lot be, of uh, culture shifts that Cadillac has been through. And at, at the end of the day, it is Hugh Freeze's team. It's Hugh Freeze's culture. And it's literally sink or swim with what him and that staff and administration want to do along with Coing. And like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm sure this wasn't a knee-jerk thing, as you kind of said. And as we kind of hinted at, this is probably something that's kind of been in the works for a while. So you got to trust that all parties, all parties being Auburn, Hugh, Cadillac, had probably a pretty good understanding of what needed to go and that this was probably the best result and the best way to handle it. And, I, and I'd say, too, this this is something that's been going – kind of want to get on my soapbox a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Something that's, something that's been going on in Auburn for years, since the Malzahn years when it became obvious he needed help hiring people, is that Auburn has a had a tendency of strongly suggesting who a head coach should hire when he gets to campus. And I – I think that's probably what happened here. Uh, if you remember, Cadillac was kind of a plan Z option as running back coach for Gus. Nobody wanted to come work for Gus because everybody knew that his offense was a dead-end situation. He wasn't long for Auburn, and he kind of had to go out on a limb to hire Cadillac because he couldn't really get anybody else to come come to campus to coach. Well, you remember that, too. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, because what, what was his job? He was, like, working in high school, right? Like, he, was just, he wasn't – he had just left IMG Academy for a year and just got a job with a USFL team at the time. Mm-hmm. No, and, uh, no prior work college football. Yeah, yeah no, not prior not, work in college. Not big time college football. Even like FCS, I don't think he had coached. So. And and the deal there, I mean, compared to to give Cadillac his fair credit, compared to somebody that had essentially no resume at that level, he did a very good job for essentially somebody starting at absolute zero at that level and came in swinging and I think would 
probably would have exceeded expectations for that. But the problem is, is the way how competitive everything's going, there is a higher level and things that you got to get to. And this is not only for Auburn, but for Cadillac as well. As, as I said, I'm going to say it again, just to remind everybody, the best thing for his career is to get out there and go other places and learn. And like I said, you've seen it with other, you've seen it with other coaches and you will continue to see it. It's the days of the olden days. I think the Tuberville era, not only just his era at Auburn, but I think that just era of college football was really the, and ironically Saban really nicks this one in the butt, changing college football for the worse is uh, the narrative we're pumping here. Um, will most definitely like you're seeing the guys, coaches, assistant coaches, following head coaches for years. Y'all, this has been my, this has been my running back coach for 12 years. This has been a wide receiver coach for eight. Like you just don't see that. You don't see, all right, we fired this coach. We're hiring this coach and he's bringing, you know, two thirds of his staff that's followed him in the last four jobs he's had with him. It doesn't happen like that anymore. It does to some extent at a small scale, but it doesn't. And, and for a few different reasons, one, especially if it's a coach coming from a small school to a big school, Oh, we need some, you know, we need bigger fish. We need a splash hire. We need sec experience. We need Auburn ties, whatever the narrative may be, whatever back in conversation, whatever kind of nudge this that or another happens. And, Will that ever be factual? Will it ever be reported? Will it ever be actually out there? It's it's kind of one of those behind the scenes things. But you kind of have an idea. All right, well, this is this kind of happens sometimes. And with that being said, and with guys going and trying to advance their career and chase the bags and all the money that's in college football now like it used to be, is the the staff turnaround is much, much faster. And the fact that Cadillac has stayed as a running back coach this long at Auburn and that timeline in itself is already impressive. That's kind of exceeded the shelf life for that position at a school. So you, you get attached, but it's time for him to spread his wings. And also too, it's time for Auburn to uh, see they got a big statement. They got to make here too. And here's the thing about it. And I'm just going to say this. I think this could be a good thing for all parties. I think it could be great for Auburn. I think it could be good for Cadillac. I don't think there necessarily has to be a loser in this situation. Look at it positively. Right. I agree. And I say this because, and the reason I'm going on the soapbox, I know you kind of want on the soapbox, it's not because necessarily like, oh, I'm distraught Cadillac's leaving. I understand it's part of the process. I just know there's going to be a lot of people out there who are hypersensitive to this and are just going to absolutely spout all sorts of nonsense. I just hope somebody hears this who was on the, on the ledge and kind of comes back and is like, okay, I'm not going to post a three paragraph Facebook status right ranting about this because you don't want to. This is a great, there's a lot of good things going for Auburn right now. Okay. Very quick, very quickly as well on Cadillac. Uh, I mean, I, I love the guy. He, he's a childhood hero of mine. If you look at who he brought in as a recruit, I think it's about six or seven running backs. And that is it. He is not even listed as a secondary recruiter on any other player we've brought in over the last during his tenure. So, I mean, we have to have more recruiting ability out of that position. You can't just be bringing in your one running back every cycle. If you look at Del McGee at Georgia, look at any other big running back coach, they're bringing in six, seven, eight players a class, and they're all different position groups. So we we have to get more out of that position as far as a recruiter goes because it, right. it is an easier position to coach. It just if, You know, running back is all about your natural ability more than anything, any other position. And Hugh – has got to get, and that was kind of the issue is 
we got to get he, yes, him recruiting is important, but he cannot be spending. I think the season showed. I think the bowl game showed. He cannot be as in deep with the recruiting and abandon the X's and O's, the game plan, the game day coaching, whatever he's doing. And we saw that hurt Auburn on the field because it was almost he was recruiting too much. And I think we got to pass that off and let some of the other staff members recruit and have Hugh close, but also have him be a little bit more involved in the, in just what's happening, game time, practice, evaluation, whatever things he needs to be doing. And you saw you saw when Freeze took over what we think took over the, the game plans this year. We think it was the – and you I mean, you could tell by the way he was actually on the sideline. It was the Mississippi State, Vandy, Arkansas, and Bama games that appeared like he was calling. And the offense just performed well, much better in each four of those games. Did he, did he have a play sheet or not? But uh, talk about the opportunity in recruiting and all these other things. I think that's swinging us into a good segue here to the next topic of this is um, just the capital, the capitalizing on all of these things and why this is such an important time. And yes, the uh, Cadillac news breaking tonight, but there was some other massive breaking news uh, just over 24 hours ago. And speaking of breaking news, I think there are a lot of people in the state of Alabama who might want to break some things over this breaking news. Do you have any? I'm talking about Saban, but I'm also talking about where would some people need to go who need to like break some things over that news? I, I would think they could get that done at the Opelika Rage Room. Absolutely. So my brother calls them Lee County Bama fans, and there's plenty of them. <laughs> and if you are a Lee County Bama fan, or if you're an Auburn, probably not a lot listening, but if you're an Auburn listener and you know of a Lee County Bama fan who's probably going through it, or you know what, if you are in what they call Bammerham and know a lot of folks in the Birmingham area, there is a place. Both of these markets has got your back. It is the Opelika Rage Room down in the Auburn area. And, of course, there's the Birmingham Rage Room. Both locations got plenty of things to smash, have been restocked. Yes, if you're a Bama fan, that's probably a good place to go. You can bring a box of Little Debbies. You can smash it. You can eat them while you're crying. Whatever you need to do, the staff accommodates all of it. You can listen to the Bama Fight Song on their speakers 20 times in a row. Whatever you want to do, they'll get you a whole table of stuff to smash. They're there for you through these tough times. If you're an Auburn fan and this is a time of celebration, you break, you can still break stuff. They burn couches to celebrate wins. I think Michigan did some. They'll literally burn a couch there, but um, you know, smash some stuff, smash some furniture. Tell them that the Auburn Daily Show sent you whatever location that you are going to. They will hook you up with some free stuff. Just let them know, hey, what about this on the Auburn Daily Show? What y'all got for us to break? They'll take care of you. So that, we want to thank our sponsors there. Opelika Rage Room, of course, second location, Birmingham Rage Room. Check them out on their respective websites, and that's how you can book and make a reservation. So, Pat, that is the news. That is the breaking news. Crazy news. I don't think we expected it. Came out of nowhere. And obviously, that's Bama stuff. There's plenty of Bama shows that are talking about it. But the angle I do want to take this is why it is pertinent to mention this on an Auburn show is this is a huge opportunity this does affect Auburn in a lot of different strategic ways. And this is definitely something that Auburn can capitalize on in a lot of different ways. I want you to kind of hit on some of those ways. I, I keep saying ways a lot. I'm sorry, but keep hitting on some of those things 
that uh, you think Auburn might be able to uh, maybe take advantage of this uh, trying situation for the Tide? Well, let's start off with this. I think it's a, a net positive for any in-state rival when probably the best college football coach of all time retires from, from your immediate cross-state rival. It only so goes anybody, down from here. Anybody that Bama hires, even if it's the second greatest coach of all time, it's not going to be as good as what they just had. So that yeah. that starts, number one, is that the competition got a little bit less stiff no matter who they hire over the next couple of days. Uh, really, where Auburn can take advantage of this, is it's pretty obvious, and, and everybody who's listening to the show is going to know my opinion on it. This offseason is going to be probably – the best time, the best opportunity Auburn's really going to have to collect some in-state talent over over Alabama, even the, over this past year. And you can already see in this recruiting class, it's starting to happen. We flipped the defense alignment from Mobile that was committed to Alabama. He's already flipped to Auburn. He's, he's a guy Alabama actually wanted. Doesn't matter what they say, they did want that guy, Antonio Coleman. Uh, so really, now is the time for Freeze to make his hay and get all these in-state guys committed to him, committed to Auburn. And if Auburn does what they're supposed to do on the field this fall, and that's just look better on offense, win seven, eight games, we got a good chance to to really bring home the crown for in-state recruiting this go-around. Right, and to coincide with that, not like I said, unless you live under a rock, you know this, uh, incredibly talented wide receiver. I think they're calling him five-star pluses now. So do we, do we call it a five-star plus or just, do we six-star? I don't know what we're doing with that. Yeah, all uh, three calls calls you an, a five star plus if you're a five star across all four sites. Is that correct? I think that's I think right. something like that. Yeah. So basically, top tier talent, Ryan Williams, decommits yep. from Alabama, reclassified to come to school earlier. Was going to commit in February. Had been flirting with Auburn a lot, taking some visits. Alabama was unfazed, very touted. He's 100% committed. He was also going to take official visits, I believe, with Georgia and maybe Florida State and Texas. I couldn't remember all the schools he was going to there. Um, and Texas, is a, Texas is the big threat besides us. Texas right now, yeah, I would say currently, and obviously what I was saying is, you know, this is about a month ago was kind of where it was at when he was reclassified stuff. But yes, as of right now, it seems to be Texas and Auburn are in the hunts, the phrase you're hearing a lot is the freeze five if you follow any of those other four wide receivers they were blowing that up on twitter the freeze five which would obviously include ryan yes that would include ryan williams should he end up committing to auburn it's looking good it's feeling good but it's never done till it's done a player as talented as him everybody's going after they're all going to put in all the stops especially the fact that you're not having to juggle a bunch of other recruits because it is, you've already gotten early signing day out of the way. So there's a lot less distraction. There's a lot more focus. So this, uh, this could be monumental, but the key thing there is that automatically says Alabama is out. Yeah. And that it's, sends it's a shock. Between, it's between us and Texas. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. That sends a shockwave. Now what that means with Saban too, is there's a 30, the, Basically, starting from yesterday, you've got a 30-day time, 30-day period to enter the portal. Guys who signed their national letter of intent but did not actually early enroll, I don't know who those players are and aren't from that signing class, they could technically actually get out as well. Yeah. Uh, and then, of course, there's guys on the team that could potentially enter the portal. So 
this could be a major thing for Auburn to capitalize on, just not only from the talent that could be leaving Alabama and just swinging the momentum and the pendulum your way, because kind of like you said, this is a lot, this is a lot bigger picture of all oh, that's a rival. Yay. Bad things are happening to him, which don't get me wrong. That's awesome. I love it. But from a pure, just we're looking at this from a business standpoint, purely strategy. We're in the war room right now. This is a recruiting dream come true short and long term. They just have to do all the things to capitalize on this, kick Alabama when they're down, swing that momentum quickly toward Auburn, and then you level out that playing field. And if you do it right, potentially for years to come, especially if you take care of business on the field, and then these whole the, the rarity of beating Alabama in an in-state recruiting battle isn't a rarity anymore. And then right. all the other dominoes come from there, their ceiling of wins each year. Auburn ceilings of wins each year. Alabama goes up, or sorry, Auburn goes up, Alabama goes down, and then you just have the continued momentum. And then, of course, your in-state rival is not a thorn in your side. So there could be a huge momentum deal for Auburn, and this really, really is a – if year two wasn't even important enough as it is now, I mean, year two with this news especially could have even larger – shockwaves of positive ramifications for Auburn if they take care of business, what they need to do just because of this news right now. And it's almost still kind of a whole lot to process because obviously as a recording, Alabama has not hired a coach. It sounds like it's like any other coaching drama that it is a uh, kind of Rocky waters for them. And like I said, if things do end up becoming Rocky waters, Auburn needs to needs to capitalize on that because you're never going to have an opportunity this good to ever do it. Cause just like you said, a lot of other teams that replace a coach, you feel pretty good that the new guy is going to be better than the guy that replaced him. This is yep. one of the very rare instances in coaching where I would feel pretty good to bet that's not going to happen. And that's no insult to any coach that replaces Saban. It is due to the fact that Saban unbiasedly is the best to ever do it at this level. And to think that we're going to see another coach to be able to do what he did in the 15 plus years he was at Alabama in our lifetime, I think is something we're not going to see. We might see coaches yeah. come close, but I don't know if we're ever going to see that level of dominance, how he had it. And uh, yeah, just from my standpoint, thank goodness. Unless it's I, at all. I was kind of awesome. thinking about this really Auburn could, you know how they talk about playoff teams, you know, if the playoff team wins out, they can get to the playoffs. They say they control their own destiny. Mm-hmm. Really Auburn controls its own destiny at this point. We, we were given a gift. I guess it was yes. Did it happen yesterday? I feel like it was a lifetime ago, but I guess it happened yesterday. Yeah, we're like is 20. Auburn is whoever Alabama hires, they're not going to have a good re- as a relationship with these in-state guys, and even in Georgia and Mississippi and in Panhandle area or traditional recruiting areas with these high schoolers, as Hugh Freeze is going to have because he's had a year to build this up. So if we do what we're supposed to do on the field next fall, and I'm not saying we got we to gotta win 10 games or anything like that, but we got to show improvement, we should be sitting in a really good spot for the future. Yeah. And like I said, the timing, the timing here is absolutely right. Uh, really tough timing for them. But yes. Saban, Saban's 72 years old. I mean, we knew this was going to happen. And, and it was crazy because, you know, I think a year or two ago that he signed that, 10-year contract extension and people like were like, oh, he's going to coach every ounce of that. I was like, no, they're going to make it 
they're not, if he signed like a three-year extension, it was going to be very obvious. Like they weren't going to, this was always going to be just the best kept secret in college football. And to their credit, it absolutely was. There's a lot of reports of all he decided the day, you know, whatever, whatever, whatever. And who's going to ever really know the truth to that, at least not for quite some time, but to their props. And I think it's better because if that had started getting out, then, I mean, that would be blood in the water for recruiting against Alabama. So there's really no other way for them to do this and rip the bandaid off. But while they're there trying to just clean up the chaos that comes with any coaching change nationally, this is a good time for uh, Auburn to scoop it up. And honestly, other schools as well, because if other schools kind of help chip away at them, that kind of levels the playing field for the whole SEC, which there's the mountains not as high for Auburn to climb. That's, that's kind of good for all parties there. So that's uh that's, that's big news. And that will be something that will be developing and we'll see how the rest of that goes. And obviously if Auburn can close out, the recruitment of Ryan Williams from that in the short term. I mean, that right there is huge because who knows if that would have happened had Saban not announced his retirement. But in the news of coaching changes, we hadn't, there's been some obviously coordinator changes and everything since Auburn had recorded last. I know we did want to talk about this. So let's talk a little bit. Let's close it out here. Unless you have anything else to add about the Saban situation, about yeah, what the coaching, the coaching changes at Auburn, because we got them at Alabama. Well, we've had some coordinator changes. Obviously, we hit with the Cadillac news to start it off. What's give, give me your uh, give me your rundown of what's been going on uh, coaching searching coaching search wise at Auburn? Assistant. So I'm, I was trying to think who all we've lost since the last time we were on here. We've lost both our coordinators. Um, yep. So and we kind of hit on that a little bit ago. I think the front runner for that job is going to be Derek Nix. And if he is if he is hired, he'll I think he will be our running back coach and our office coordinator. Well, that still leaves a hole at quarterback coach. I think the obvious replacement there is going to be Ken Austin. That was Freeze's offensive coordinator at Liberty. Uh, he was he's been with Freeze off and on for years. I, I have some Ole Miss friends. They they speak highly of him from his time at Ole Miss when he was a coach there as well. Speaking refer- specifically to Ken Austin. He's got a ton of CFL experience, college quarterback coaching experience. I think he's it's going to be a seamless transition for him to be the quarterback coach, and then I think he'll probably be co-offensive coordinator. Really, everybody, I think everybody's pretty sure Freeze is going to be calling plays at this point, which is to everybody's benefit. But I think Austin's going to get elevated to the on-field staff, so that's what you're looking at on the the offensive side of the ball. Now let me let me hit some other news here, and I saw people. I didn't know what what or what what was or wasn't official been kind of a crazy work week so i was seeing some chatter that mcgriff is back yes well that's not official but him going to AM was never official either apparently he never actually signed the papers but it sounds like as of tonight we are expecting mcgriff to be back at auburn as an on-field coach next year could be big time to go along with that the Charles Kelly rumor that they're no longer rumors. He is Charles Kelly is at Auburn and working right now. So he is officially part of the staff. It hadn't been announced by Auburn, but we do know that he is working in Auburn right now. Now there was another name tossed around there, a Kiffin, but not the Kiffin that uh, everybody knows so well. Yeah, this will be, uh, I think it's Lane's little brother, Chris Kiffin. Uh, so I don't know if everybody knows about the kid. I'm sure some people do, but. Lane and Chris's dad is Monty Kiffin, who is a legendary defensive coordinator in the NFL. And he's one of the architects of that original Tampa 2 defense that uh, was defensive coordinator for Tony Dungy and John Gruden 
when you think of guys like Warren Sapp and Derek Brooks, those are those guys on on those teams. So kind of those remember, wasn't wasn't Monty his uh, DC when he was at Tennessee in '09? Yep, he was. Monty came back to coach for Lane at Tennessee. Yep. Uh, so that that's where Chris is the, I guess the defensive version of, of Lane. He is a uh, he was Freeze's defensive line coach, I think, all five years at Ole Miss, and he was also his recruiting coordinator. I think since that time, Chris Kiffin went to go be Lane's D.C. for a year at FAU. And then Chris went to the NFL, and he's been a defensive line and linebacker and pass rush specialist coach since, the coach since then. And it seems like he is the front runner to be our, our defensive coordinator next year if everything goes according to plan. And really what that means is he coaches for the Texans. He's going to be coaching in the NFL at least as long as the Texans are in the playoffs. So if you're an Auburn fan, you're hoping for Cleveland to beat the Texans this weekend, so this can get done quickly. Get that, get that, get that ball rolling. So all big things there, but it sounds like obviously they've got to kind of officially announce everything. A lot in limbo right now on offensive, defensive, and obviously now you officially have to replace the Cadillac situation there. And we won't get into details, but there's some other rumblings that. There could be some other moves that could be had, and it's crazy. You know, you got your player transfer season. We're going to just jokingly call this coaching transfer season and tons of things, really, really unfortunate dates that all these things run through with uh, what head coaches have to deal with. But it is the sport as we know it right now. And for the most part, it sounds like when all the dust settles, I mean, there could be a lot of net positives for Auburn to gain out of all this, especially from a culture standpoint especially then close it out and get some of these guys. Uh, last little bit I do want to get to here um, just to get with the theme of the portal season, not to be forgotten. Auburn did uh, get a few players since we last recorded. One, one massive player and a couple really good. Literally. I think at least, yeah, figuratively and literally. First guy we got tonight, Percy Lewis, and I am incredibly excited about this guy. Like, like we've been talking about the past couple of weeks, I think what Auburn needs more than anything else besides a, a better performance at the quarterback position is a quality left tackle to kind of shore up the pass blocking that we saw this year. I think our line did a good job run blocking, but you can just watch the games and see we were still struggling as a pass blocking unit. So we bring in tonight, and it's official, he signed. It's not just a commitment. Percy Lewis, who started seven games at left tackle for Mississippi State last year. He's a former JUCO kid. He's 6'8", 350, or he was at one point in time. So, he's a, like you said, he's a massive human being. And he actually had the second highest pass block grade out of all the tackles in the SEC last year. So, we are bringing in a bona fide pass blocking stud at left tackle for next year. And he's got two years left to play. So, for at least a year, we're shoring up that that position. Well, thank goodness that uh, we recorded late, so we can get the breaking get the breaking news. Uh, in other notes, uh, Justin Rogers officially declared for the NFL today. We kind of said this off air. Probably not going to be a huge loss. I mean, you, if you could, you would keep him around, but I don't think that's going to necessarily be a devastating blow to what the performance or record would be for the team next year. So. 
wish him nothing but the best in his future endeavors and glad he got to stick around here for a year. Uh, had there been I've any said, other? I've said this, I've said this, but I love what I saw out of Quinn Trail, Jameson Travis late in the year. And I think he could snatch that nose tackle job away from Jason Jones if Jason doesn't improve a good bit over the offseason. Because uh, QJT popped when he got in the game from what I saw this year. Well, I mean, here's the thing with that, too, and I, I kind of agree with you. I think you'd have, let's just say, in theory, you could have one more year with Rodgers. Would it be – would you be having more of a net positive gain if you had a younger guy in there that may not have the just right out of the gate performance that Rodgers might have, but the long play of the continued improvements – throughout the year and or what you would get next year and subsequent years to come. I think that is probably would be the better play for Auburn there just to kind of swallow your lumps early, lose the battle to win the war, I guess per se. Right. And uh, was there any, were there any other players that had committed since we had recorded last week uh, portal wise? Yes. I think we got at least two. I know the big, the other big one that we landed was Trill Carter. who was deepest yes. tackle at Texas last year. Yeah, and uh, I'm I'm, ex I'm excited about this guy too. I I think he's going to at least start the year as our starter at three technique tackle, and uh, depending on if we bring anybody else to that position, you can move him over to even a nose and uh, see if he can win that job too. But Trill was the uh, third interior defensive lineman in the rotation at Texas, and I don't know how much you watched Texas this year, but they had two guys, Devondre Sweat, and I can't remember the other guy's name. But both of those guys graded as top five defensive tackles in the country on pro football focus. So it wasn't, it wasn't like Trill Carter is a bad player sitting third string. I mean, he was sitting behind two studs at defensive tackle. And uh, he's going to get his, he's gonna get a chance to, to show that he can be – he's probably not on their level, but I think he's, he's a good pickup at defensive tackle. He's going to give you 35, 40 snaps a game probably. The tight end too. That was the other guy that we got. I do you remember Yeah, that. we got it. We got a tight end, and he, he's not going to factor into the equation next year. As, as everybody knows, listening to this podcast, we are stocked of gills with upperclassmen tight ends for the next year. But this but, guy has got four years left to play, and he's going to be important for depth in the seasons to come. Right, because, right, next year you're losing a whole bunch of those guys, assuming nobody transfers. So you're going right. to want to have somebody in there, aside from Micah Riley, who's had a few reps, or you're going to be starting completely fresh at that position. So – yeah, just having somebody in there that can help be a stopgap while they reload like 10 senior tight ends that are going to be leaving after the season. And uh, Luke Deal, too, just insane. Now we can officially say, and I've tweeted this a few times, but with Monty leaving, this will be like his seventh or eighth offensive coordinator if you factor in interims and Austin Davis for two months. I'm telling Absolutely you, bonkers. we got to got to get him on a podcast and rank his offensive coordinators. Yeah, no, I, that might be that potentially could be a record, and I don't know, like if that's even been thought about yet. But like that need they, they you really maybe when it's all said and done because you can't maybe can't be too fully candid while you're still a player, but maybe after yeah, you graduate and yeah, some time has passed. Like I think you got to kind of talk to him. Like, what was that really like? Just learning. Like every spring, we're learning it. It's completely new. We're learning new terminology. We're learning new, just new everything. That had to be sucked. I feel it's gonna be awesome. Hey. It's gonna be awesome when he ranks Austin Davis over Keysaw. Well, 
Well, it's going to be really awesome if he continues to block how he was in the Iron Bowl this last year because Luke finally just played like an absolute dog that game. So yep, if that Luke did. deal, if that Luke deal comes to show up in 2024, I am stoked to have him back because he was he was pushing. And, you know, Bama, no pun intended, they're no pushovers, but he was slinging those guys around. So you know, hopefully, hopefully he just he just keeps that mentality and just rolls into next year. So. Well, Pat, that's going to wrap us up for this episode. A lot of content here. January, you know, it's funny, and I'm going to say say this. Normally, this is such a boring time. Yeah, it's been it's been wild on on the message boards this this it, week. And info is coming hot and heavy. It has not been boring. I've not even had, and me, you know, I, I get a little obsessive over the basketball stuff. We have not even had a basketball episode on here yet, despite how awesome Auburn basketball too. at least I'm saying we have I have not done it yet coming to you next week gonna get one out this week and I'm gonna start getting my basketball content rolling regularly but football yeah, I gotta talk about give some props to my boy Jalen he's he's finally being Jalen player I thought he was Jalen has come out of the cocoon I can't I can't say enough uh can't say how pumped you are for that but you know can't get into this episode we're gonna be coming up on that Basketball content's rolling hot. Football is keeping us rolling. Nothing boring. I think I'm not going to book too hard and I say this, but I think there's a lot of really good thing, opt, optimistic things to look forward to with Auburn, despite um, what some uh, some people who might, well, I'm kind of hinting at, you know, people freaking out about the Cadillac news or this and another. There's a lot to look forward to. I think especially getting the culture right, getting the coordinators out, getting the reset button there, getting everything exactly how they want it. Get that rolling. Keep the portal momentum going. Get your pieces right. Um, oh, we didn't even mention, too, Betty ended up coming back. Maybe Charles yep. Johnson, question mark. He has not announced as of we're recording. So a lot of things that could be happening. January, not boring. Doesn't look like now that officially the five-day window has been closed from the bowl game does not look like there has been any announcements of any other players leaving. So the roster, at least rolling through spring, minus some of these last-minute additions and or anything from early signing day, is going to be what it is. So we have a pretty good idea what we're going to be rolling into at least for the next five-plus months. So we'll see. That's going to wrap us all up for today's episode of the Auburn Daily Show. I want to thank everybody for your support. Listening, whether it be on podcast, whether it be on YouTube, like, subscribe, send a comment, do the thumbs up, do all the things. Helps the show out a ton. Thank you guys for listening. And of course, thank Pat, as always, for joining the show, chopping it up, talking about all of the hottest, and in this case, breaking news that's happening all around Auburn and college football. Thank you guys for listening, and we'll be at, back at you very soon with a ne- another episode.